Podcasts. Talk America Live each and every weekend. The Mix on Tuesdays and each and every day at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com. We've got a brand new marketing part we want to tell you about right now here at Transmedia Worldwide. These folks, absolutely amazing stuff. And international folks are going to love this stuff. Osmilien de Montsilbian is a French knight, actually the Sinegui de Montsilvan, lord of a small, tolerably well-kept castle in the enchanted forest of Bronxy-Randy in Brittany, France. As it happens, most of the forest dwellers and occasional fairy folk passing through are not really reliable sources of lemmy and assorted income. Which is why Osmilien tries to set aside drinking beer with his chum, Helmuth. The dragon, who escaped the ramblings and the treasure stealing of a certain bloke called Siegfried in Germany, to put his mother's legacy of excessive creativity once in a while to earn a little extra income. His mother, by the way, is a Bronxite fairy, who is mostly occupied with dancing and moonlit forest cleanings, and answering to the whims of a certain Morgane Lafay. But that is another story. So Omelian decided to try his hand at devising wondrous things for sale to the general populace. These unfortunate enough to be cosigned to living beyond the magically glowing borders of Broncandi Forest. Omelian designs apparel and home decor out of the ordinary, whimsical, and oldish European cheeky and heartfelt. Go check out his products at M-O-N-T S-Y L-V-A-I-N dot E-U slash Osmolian. You'll be glad you did. Go over to M-O-N-T-S-Y-L-V-A-I-N dot E-U slash O-S-M-E-L-I-A-N and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide, we got more coming up. Jesus, what a mess that is. Let's call David Horowitz. Somebody else who's another mess. What a mess, what a circus that is. Hello? David, how are you? It's James Lowe calling you for your radio interview. How are you, sir? I'm okay. Uh, we have got we have got David Horowitz with us today. He joins us live here on our big program, and uh, we are going to bring in uh, Dan Perkins, our co-host. We are going to bring him in on Skype, and uh, you can find us on TuneIn. You can also find us on iHeartRadio as well, coast to coast and border to border on. Uh, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio as well. And uh, download our podcast each and every day at TalkShoe.com. David Horowitz joins us today here on the program. He is fantastic. He's best-selling author. And, of course, uh, Dark Agenda, The War to Destroy Christian America is the latest from our guest. And, uh, David, tell us about your latest book here. This is fantastic. Well, um, 
the uh, the phrase Christian America uh, is the key to it. Um, there's a war against Christian Christians generally in this country, um, and yet the countries were founded by Christians. Ninety-eight percent of the people who settled America and wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were Protestant Christians. And every freedom that we hold dear as Americans and every value, uh, equality, liberty, tolerance, inclusion, they're all originated as Christian ideas, Protestant Christian ideas. Um, Yet you can't teach that in the schools. You can't teach public school children that the pilgrims were Christians or that they were fleeing religious persecution. Um, And this is a very dangerous situation for our country. If you don't understand the origins of your freedoms, you can't really defend them. Um, Right now there's an assault still uh, on Christianity. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is a good example of um, the bigotry. It's a bigotry that comes out of the left-wing organizations that dominate the LGBTQ agenda. Uh, Buttigieg, for example, has called um, Mike Pence, Vice President Pence, a bigot. Um, why does he call but But Pence is obviously not a bigot. When, when Buttigieg came out as a gay man and introduced his husband, Mike Pence was the governor of Indiana. He was the mayor of South Bend. And Mike Pence reached out to him and, you know, and praised him, took the opportunity to praise him for being a good mayor, which he actually is not. And, but Buttigieg has attacked Pence because the left believes that religious liberty Religious freedom, which is the foundation of all our freedoms, means that you can believe whatever you want as long as you keep it to yourself. And that's not freedom. The freedom is also a freedom of expression. Mike Pence can hold whatever ideas he wants. Uh, That's the American way. So the most fundamental principle of America is under assault from the political left. And it's not surprising because the political left um, is an anti-American totalitarian movement. You see how quick the Democrats are to try to shut down the opposition, uh, to complain they want Twitter to kick the president. I think it was Elizabeth Warren who wanted Twitter to kick the president off Twitter. This is the way the left deals with people who disagree with them. They call them names like racists and so forth, which are designed to destroy them and shut them up. And and they actually, uh, you know, I I haven't been able to speak on a campus for 20 years without bodyguards, and I don't even go anymore because the left turns your event into a circus. You can't even discuss ideas on college campuses anymore if you're a conservative. They just shout you down and do... Um, there are things that would surprise your listeners, like when I spoke at Dartmouth, where the tuition is 60000 a year. Uh, the leftists opened their computers and put on porn films and turned the volume up. 
They just turned the whole event into a circus. Lesbians stood on chairs and tongue-kissed each other. They unfurled banners. And the vice president in charge of student affairs was there. He thought it was funny. That's the state of our colleges. People don't realize how bad they are. Now, um, so I, I, we've it got... It even worth it for me to go to a campus. We've got David Horowitz with us today. Dark Agenda is the latest from him. Dan, listening to uh, Mr. Horowitz, I know you've probably got some questions, Dan. Yeah, I was going to point out whether, I don't know whether Professor Horowitz actually saw Joe Biden, I think it was in North Carolina last night when he was getting ready to quote the Constitution and when he figured out he was going to say Look, one he's thing. a senile fool. The Democrats <laughs> are going to put up... And he's also, he is a bigoted, nasty human being, Joe Biden. I don't know why everybody considers him Uncle Joe. He will say the nastiest things about people, anybody who disagrees with him or about Donald Trump. Who doesn't, you know, know, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with the right to, inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Every school child. Well, I don't know if they know it anymore. I don't know if they teach it anymore. I, I, probably not. But I, Joe Biden, I mean, he's just senile. The brain isn't playing. He's probably in an early stage of dementia, don't you think? He had well, three or four gifts yesterday, but that was the most embarrassing one. Yeah, I, mean, he, I couldn't he, believe what I was watching. Yeah, I could he, not believe it. He, uh, he basically... Realized that what he was about to say was one nation under God, and he couldn't say God because the Democrats don't believe in God. So he stumbled all over it and says, "Well, you know what it means." Um, I, I I agree with you. I I, I don't think so you have a fool. You have this senile fool, and the alternative is a lifelong communist right. crying out tears. What is happening to our country? You might ask. Anyway, this book I've written, Dark Agenda, it, it's. Um, you know, I, I, I wrote it so it wouldn't be a long book. Uh, and I go through the way they uh, ban prayer in the schools for 150 years or 160 years. There had been prayer in schools all over the country. And then these leftists on the Supreme Court decided it was unconstitutional. And that was the end of it. And then you couldn't mention, you can't mention... Um, the Judeo-Christian tradition and its values, which is what this country is about, um, in a in a school setting. Uh, and the, one of the leaders of this, Madeline Murray O'Hare, founded Atheists of America. She's a lunatic. She she actually before she began her case, she had a Supreme Court case that banned Bible reading in public schools, and. Um, before she launched that campaign, she tried to defect to the Soviet Union, um, you know, this totalitarian state. And the Russians were smart enough to see that she was a loon, and they didn't let, they didn't let her, her in. But so she came back and launched this campaign, but the Supreme Court thought, oh, yeah, this is a reasonable person that we can consider her suit and actually um, validate it. It's, it's tragic what's happened to this country. And, of course, Roe v. Wade is another travesty uh, where they invented, um, you know, a right to privacy that doesn't exist in the Constitution uh, in order to validate 
killing the unborn and the poor. I mean, the Democratic Party now is passing laws to make it legal to kill a baby that's been born. I mean, when will America wake up and see how evil the Democratic Party has become? Well, I I hope soon. I I think, Professor, that that one of the one of the, I no no I'm not a professor. The, there would be a, a, a revolt in any university today. I mean, when I go to or I used to go to the campuses, the professors organized boycotts of my talks. That you know, which they do to you know other conservative speakers. It's just gross. Yeah. So what, well, the point I wanted to make was that um, what we have is a situation where. I live in Florida, and our new governor, who took office in January, had an assessment done of the public education system in the state of Florida. And after about three months, he reported to the people of Florida that he was appalled that we no longer teach civics in our elementary No, but uh, let me tell you something. The teachers are in such a bad state by now. There's such leftists. That if you have a course in the Constitution, they're just going to teach it. It, it, The Constitution is a document, uh, you know, written by slave owners and women haters, sexists, and property owners. They're they're communists. People have to understand what's happened to the Democratic Party. They're communists. So you can't even get the Constitution taught you the teaching unions. Look, the teaching unions are using young children. It's just child abuse. They're taking them out of school so they can march for the whatever it is against climate change, which is, you know, when you just have to say that I'm opposed to climate change, you know something is tragically wrong. You can't. The climate changes. It always changes. So why do we have this phrase even climate change? Because global warming doesn't kind of work. The Earth has been cooling for years. It's just, um, we, we live in this uh, surreal uh, political environment. So Ron DeSantis is a great governor, but, um, you know, I, 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 one of my campaigns is to get a code of ethics for K-12 teachers. So that if they try to indoctrinate kids, if they don't present two sides to controversial issues, if they take kids out on marches uh, for gun control or against climate change, they get suspended, and then they lose their licenses if they continue to do it. But you know, I'm going to have a hard time getting Republicans with this the spine to do anything. I was so dominates our culture. That's why Trump is so great, because he's not intimidated by them. He goes right back in their faces. And I'm waiting for other Republicans to do that and not be intimidated. Well, I've I've seen through this whole uh, three and a half years of Donald Trump, uh, more and more Republicans step up and to be more aggressive against Democrats, more so than I can ever You're Correct. You're, you're right. Especially in the younger generation. Uh, he's changing the Republican Party, which is great. question is, can it change? Can it change fast enough um, to save the country? 
Well, I think I think that the legacy for Donald Trump uh, is going to be what he's done in taking away a a tool from the Democratic Party by changing the 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 judges bench through the court system in the federal court system. Yeah, that, that that's going to be very helpful. I mean, I uh, you know the, the book I've written, Dark Agenda: The War to Destroy Christian America which has united everybody on the left with the, uh, with the atheists uh, because the left hates America. And Donald Trump wouldn't be president without the, f- the fact that evangelicals are finally fighting um, for their religion, for their freedom. It's basically about religious freedom, freedom of conscience freedom to hold an opinion and freedom to express it, which is under attack by everybody that calls themselves a liberal. I hate it when people call them liberals because they're vindictive bigots. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, that the uh, IQ Al Rizzoli sitting here listening to all this. Do you have any questions for, for uh, David? Well, I don't have a question for David because I agree with him. The, the point is that we are lamenting what happened in the education system and the fault is entirely with the parents. I've said it on your show, I've said it on every talk show that I've had in America. It is the parents who are at fault for allowing their children to be indoctrinated. They paid tens of thousands of dollars to keep them into universities where the professors have less intelligence than a donkey. Who to blame? The parents, not the education well, system. The, Sorry, go on. Well, yeah, look, uh, there's two different systems. The university system, it's very sinister what the left has done because there's obviously great parts of the university, the medical school, although of course they're being invaded and the doctors are subjected to these ridiculous, you know, re-education sessions. But but uh, physics, astronomy, whatever, mathematics, uh, these are still sciences and it's still valuable what, what the universities have, but the communist left has inserted itself, particularly in all the liberal arts programs, which is where the indoctrination takes place. When, when you have a kid in elementary, you know, the indoctrination is taking place at the kindergarten level. Parents, uh, I, I, I wouldn't blame the parents. They're intimidated. They don't want to put their kids in a situation where the teacher will be vindictive, which they will be, and take it out on their children. And this is true throughout the K-12 system. What's needed is some, you know, p- politicians balls, if I may say so, on this air airwaves, uh, who, who will sack it to these teaching unions. There shouldn't be these teaching unions anyway. They're public sector unions, the teaching unions, they, they have slush funds, they get involved in the Board of Education votes, they vote in people who will raise their salaries and not notice that they're not teaching their kids anymore. So it's, it, it is an adult problem. I am organizing uh, a parents against K-12 indoctrination, but I, I need the support of political figures, people with power who can punish uh, these child abusers. This is just epic child abuse, what's going on. 
You teach a kid in kindergartner that uh, there's gender fluidity, that boys can make themselves girls and vice versa. And, yeah, it, it's appalling what they're doing in these schools. And, of course, you teach them that white people are racist. Anti-white racism <laughs> is rampant in our country. And its center is the universities and the Democratic Party. Yeah, but these anti-white racists are themselves the whites, not the blacks, not the Hispanics. Well, well there are black racists. No, there's a lot of black racists, but there are a lot of white racists, yeah, anti-white racists. But considering that 74%, you know, considering there are 74% who are white people in the United States of America. Yeah, it's, 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 it's leftism. They, you know, they have to have an enemy. So white men other, and Christians are there, Jews. Yeah, I know. I, I, I would be very depressed if Trump weren't in the White House and if there wasn't this. I mean, he's doing this tremendous things with these rallies, creating an army of patriotic Americans to defend our country. Now, Dan, uh, sitting back and listening to all this, uh, what, 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 what do you have to say? Well, what I have to say is, and I would invite the, the uh, our guest to, uh, if he has a, a piece of paper and a pencil, to write down a website that might be of interest to him. The, the website is called thejezebelhunter.com. And what what you've been describing is the the titanic struggle between good and evil in the United States. And yeah, that's what my, my book Dark Agenda is about. Right, and I think Just if you that. if you go to the well, I'll take a look at it. I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged because when I. Uh, began these battles as a conservative 40 years ago. Uh, there weren't a lot of people talking like me. I mean, I came out of the left, so I know how evil it is. But um, conservatives now, I mean, they're, they're writing books and they're saying things that I would have said. So I'm, I'm kind of happy and encouraged by that. And um, I'll look at this site. Uh, but, but there's a lot of really good sites doing this kind of work. Yeah, and, and I think that what you'll find is that that we look at uh, what we're seeing today between the Democrats and the Republicans, the Trump Republicans, is we are see, seeing perhaps the ultimate battle of good versus evil. And if Mr. Trump is, is not reelected, I suspect that... Uh, with what the Democrats want to do, uh, America, as we know it today, will not be long for uh, this earth. I, I, I agree. I, I just. I couldn't I, agree more. I couldn't well, agree more. Yeah. The Democratic Party, I mean, think of what it wants to do. It wants to destroy the Electoral College. It wants to abolish the Senate. It doesn't want to do process. Look at the way they lynched. Brett Kavanaugh, you know, and, the, and the president, Christine Ford is a pathological liar. It was the, the mere fact that they would discuss 
an incident that happened 37 years ago between two teenagers at a party where alcohol was present is a travesty. But the Democrats, they're vindictive. What did I say? Vindictive bigots. They're tarcomatists. You know, they, they have the same mentality that uh, Bolsheviks had. And a lot of them are unconscious of doing it because we have such a corrupt media. No, there's nobody who checks them. And Republicans used to just get out of the way. The Paul Ryans of this world, you know, were just lucrative and cowards. And, uh, and they let this kind of stuff go without any kind of challenge. That's why it's so refreshing and uh, encouraging to have a Trump. They they capitulated because the Democrats intimidated them and insisted that they had to do what the Democrats said, regardless of whether or not the Democrats were in power. And I think that that's one thing that's happening in this election, is that not only do we have the battle of good versus evil, we have a battle for the control of Washington, D.C. And I, I often wonder... Well, we're in the midst of the Civil War. And, uh, it can't be a fighting war because the power government is too powerful now. So it's a political war to get control of the state. And that, that's why the battle is in Washington. Yeah, and I think that what's going on is that we're seeing... This, this this titanic battle between good versus evil is if Mr. Trump is reelected and the court goes seven to two and we turn over many of the other courts, the, the, the way that the Democrats have governed for 40 years is when they were in power, they could pass what they wanted. When they were not in power, they got the courts to pass what they wanted. I think with yeah. what he's doing. The solution is not, is not the court. The solution is the political war. We have to win the war. The courts are a piece of it, but they're not going to be the solution. I mean, look how difficult it is for Republicans to appoint justices that adhere to the, to the Constitution. Look at what Roberts has done on Obamacare and things like that. I mean, it's just terrible. Well, uh, I would agree with that, and and he disappointed us on this, but it appears that yeah, it's that only it's, nine. You know, the Supreme Court is is is, is a liberal. Well, this is the title of this book, but it's true that most dangerous branch of government. You've got nine. Lawyers who are appointed from life by politicians. How can that go wrong? I mean, I, I, abolishing the Supreme Court, at least the review part of it, would, would probably be a step forward. I'm not a legal expert. And it's something I would want to look at. So uh, don't put your hopes in Supreme Court justices. You know, or you hope that they do the right thing, but don't count on it. Well, that's, that's, that's a valid point. It's really those people at the rallies. That's where the future of the country is in their hands. If they're willing to fight at every level with school boards, you know, mail races, whatever, um, 
if they're willing to get out there and protest and, and face down these communists, that's where our hope actually lies. So let me, let me ask you a question. Um, let's suppose for conversation's sake that Joe Biden, no matter what you think of him, uh, the Democratic Party machine gets behind him because they don't want Bernie Sanders to be the nominee. What what happens to the Democratic Party if Joe Biden... The Democratic <laughs> Party is a communist party, it's a racist party, and it hates the American system. That's what the Democratic Party has become. You don't vote for any Democrat. I don't care how good they look. I mean, you know, Bloomberg, compared to the rest of them, is a fairly reasonable person. But when he gets to Washington, he comes with all of these Democrat, uh, you know, political operatives behind him. They lie. Look what they've done. They've conducted a three-year coup d'etat against the president of the United States. They never... The most fundamental part of the American system is that you decide differences by votes. And before Trump was even elected, they were organizing to impeach him. Well, I... This is a treasonous party. I don't know how I can make it clear. It's just... I think really the, obvious. I think the Democratic Party was is, especially when you look at what Nancy Pelosi did with the impeachment notes or the bill of impeachment, is trying was physically trying wicked, to force wicked evil witch, Nancy Pelosi, disgusting human being. These people would say anything. I mean, you know, one of Woody Allen's movies, he says that politicians are cut below child molesters. And that's certainly true of the Democrats. I mean, there are plenty of Republicans that are, you know, are in a similar category. But at least the Republican Party has the country in its heart and wants to defend it and wants to defend the Constitution. When Nancy Pelosi, she invokes the Constitution while violating it. And nobody holds her to account. Well, Trump is... Whatever they call her, crazy Nancy, she's losing her mind anyway. So, what do you th- what, but, do you uh, think, what do you think is going to be outcome of the election? I, I've got a book coming out in June. It's called, and you can pre-order it on Amazon when you buy a copy of Dark Agenda. Um, it's called Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. Trump's going to win if somebody doesn't assassinate him. But uh, as for the Democrats, who knows? Well, the Democrats... Well, is, the party is so bad. Where was the Democrat... I mean, there, you know, you can count on one hand the number of principal Democrats. Jonathan Turley, Alan Dershowitz. Where were the Democrats being outraged by the hanging of... Uh, the lynching of, of Brett Kavanaugh? There was none. Right. Not one. So, do you so think... I mean, that the, what is it? The brilliant Biden has appointed Beto O'Rourke as his gun control czar or something. Come on. This guy is an idiot, O'Rourke. And he hates America. He thinks America is a slave society. 
wrong racists. You know. Anyway, so, so nothing you, good can come of a Democrat winning. But I don't think I think the American people are wise enough to reject this party. Do you think that the Democrats will lose the House? Yeah, I think they'll lose everything. I don't care whether it's Biden or um, or or Bernie. If it's and, Bloomberg, and it, it, I, it might, I, uh, might be a little more difficult. I, I, I have been predicting for over a year that I, be, I believe that Mr. Trump will win 48 to 2 states. Hopefully. Hopefully it'll be a rerun of Mondale. And, and Reagan, yes. I, I, think it's, I think it's certainly heading that way. Uh, only, only Joe Biden's a weaker candidate than Walter Mondale. Yes. And I also Joe Biden is out of his mind. I mean, who looking at him? This is how desperate the, the Democrats are, and how filled with hate for Republicans that they would even consider Joe Biden as a candidate. So, why do you think that the the, the story is that the Demo, the leadership of the Democratic Party doesn't want I'm Bernie? Sorry, what? Why do you think that uh, the how, why do you think that the leadership of the Democratic Party does not want Bernie Sanders as the nominee? Because he's going to lose. That's all they care about is power. So he really he stands... Who's that guy getting up there saying, well, Mussolini made the trains run on time? <laughs> he's a joke. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I'm afraid I have to leave this conversation. Okay. Not I've got uh, computer problems that I've got to fix, uh, or I'm dead in the waters here. Not a problem. Well, David, uh, Dark Agenda is available, and uh, I appreciate you making time for us today, David. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Definitely. There he goes. Uh, David Horowitz with us today here on our broadcast. And, uh, Dan and IQ. Uh, first of all, I'll start with IQ. What, what, what did you make of uh, Mr. Horowitz? I like the guy. I know he's extremely patriotic, but he did not allow Dan to ask the questions, which is wrong. I mean, that was really, I mean, I kept my mouth shut. I didn't want to interfere. <laughs> well, you're, you're not the only one that was sitting here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I understood his anger. Okay, I'm full of anger too. But I allow other people to talk. He did not allow Dan to answer the questions that he asked, which I think was extremely wrong. But otherwise, his heart is in the right, right way. And his solutions may be are good. I mean, we, we know if, as Dan said, if the, the legit, is it the judicial branch is taken over by people appointed by Trump, it will change the, 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 the direction in which they move forever, for a very, very long time, especially if you have seven against two. But he didn't allow Dan to explain it to him, and he didn't allow Dan an answer, which I thought was wrong. Well, Dan, uh, what 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 did you make of of Mr. Horowitz? Well, I, I hope I can say this properly. My mother raised me 
to be respectful to my elders. <laughs> that's, that's that's classic Dan Perkins. All right, so I hope he's I hope he was older than me, but but maybe not. Um, but you know, um, I, I have no doubt that his heart is in the right place. Yeah, and he's he's been on the public scene for probably 40, 50 years, and he has yes. a certain style and swagger the way he does things, and and um, it makes it difficult for you as a host to try and have any any order when when your panel doesn't get a chance to really get in and ask any questions. <laughs> well, you, 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 you. I did tr- I did try. I did try. Yes. Yes. Um, and you did so, a hell of a job, brother. <laughs> you did a hell of a job, my friend. Well, you know, and so that, but, but I think what's happening, it, it, if you listen to what he said when he described Nancy Pelosi, and I'm I'm really now not speaking to you, Jim, or to IQ. Yes, I'm speaking to your audience. They need to go to the JezebelHunter.com and read the commentary, read the short story that's there, history story, because it helps when it, when the subtitle is "Good versus Evil." We are truly in the battle of our lives in good versus evil in the United States today. Yes. And 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 the the you know I I I said to some people uh recently on on some television shows that I was on um I saw Vice President Pence being interviewed by Sean Hannity probably w- within the last 2 weeks and one of the questions that Sean Hannity asked Vice President Pence. He basically said, I do not understand why the Democratic Party has become so vile, so evil against this president. And do you have any idea? And Mike Pence, in all sincerity, said, I have no idea. And if you understand, that, and that's what the, the website will help you, if you understand the power of the Jezebel spirit for evil and how they take over people and they they drive them um, uh, to doing terrible things, uh, you will understand what's going on in the country today. And there's a reason why we have a split of the country, you know, 45, 50, whatever it is. It's because it is a titanic struggle between good and evil. And if Donald Trump, who in my heart of hearts I believe will be reelected in a landslide, I don't know that the Democratic Party as we know it, especially if they lose control of the House and, 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 and a powerful increase in the number of senators, uh, you create a situation where you have an extremely strong Republican Congress and a Republican Senate and Donald Trump for four additional years, there will be changes that will take place in our society which will not be able to be undone. I look for many of the things that Donald Trump, if he's reelected with the majority that I think that he's going to have, I look for him to institutionalize many of the executive orders by passing legislation, creating bills, and passing them by the Congress and signing, which makes them extremely difficult 
to overturn. And as Bernie Sanders said, the first thing that he's going to do when he walks into the office of president, he's going to rescind many of the executive orders signed by Donald Trump. And so what we're doing with right now is to say, hey, let's get Donald Trump in. Let's give him a full House and let's give him a full Senate and let him go to work. And I think that one of the things that's going to happen, Jim, and I've written about this a long time ago, and that is that I believe that one thing that will happen in a second term of Donald Trump is a massive reduction in the size of the federal government. Massive. As a way to eliminate the deep state from the government itself. And to bring that budget under control. Uh, and when, when you see the president getting the peace accord with uh, Afghanistan, and then we, we should talk to IQ about that, but bringing home the troops, but also bringing home the financial resources that were being spent for them in Afghanistan and Iraq. And by, by bringing people back and getting things under control, I think that these are precursors to the president in the second term, dramatically downsizing the, the physical size of the United States government. IQ, what did you think about the, the treaty with Afghanistan? Well, that, that treaty is collapsing already, as you know. There were attacks by uh, some of the Taliban against the Afghani government. Look, America should leave Afghanistan with or without a treaty. I, I mean that sincerely. You cannot ever make a treaty with Muslims who will keep it because you are a kafir. And any treaty with a kafir is a meaningless document. Anybody who wants to oppose me on this point, they better have their figures correct because I'll dismantle them. You cannot ever have a peace treaty with a Muslim who will keep it. Who said that? Arafat, after Oslo. He told the ones who detracted him and the Muslims, how could you make a, a peace treaty with the Israelis? He said, remember Hudaybiyah. One per billion people maybe know what Hudaybiyah is. Hudaybiyah was a treaty between Muhammad and the Quraysh tribe in Mecca for 10-year peace. He used it in two years to destroy Mecca. That's exactly what he meant. We are signing this document not to keep it forever, but to destroy Israel. The same thing with Taliban. You should leave. Enough American blood has been shed. And I said it on several radio talk shows. One American life is equal to 10,000 Taliban anytime. Back to you. So I, I, I want to follow up what IQ is saying because um, I, I in thinking about what he's saying is, uh, I, I've been on the radio a lot in the last two days and even over the weekend about this, what's going on. And, and a quick observation, but I have another subject that I do want to get to with IQ quickly after I yes. finish my shorts, my short soliloquy. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, what I what I what I been saying to people is you have to look at the circumstances of why we went into Afghanistan and why we went into Iraq. 
It was the result of the attack on the United States, the World Trade Centers and the Pentagon. And in addition, at that particular time, we had a national security interest in the Middle East because we were depending on it so heavily for oil to run our economy. And I, I know at times I sound like a broken record, but the world is still adjusting to the fact that America is the largest producer of crude oil in the world. The world is still getting used to the idea that the monies that they were used to getting at $120 a barrel oil are not there at 40, 42 and 45 or 50. They don't have the money to support the terrorist activities and other regimes when they need the money to support their own regimes. So by us getting out of the Middle East, being no longer dependent upon the Middle East for our oil infrastructure, we're putting actually an enormous amount of pressure because the Irans and the Iraqs and the Saudis don't have the money to prop up all of these dictatorships in these terrorist organizations. And that's going to continue for some period of time. So that I think getting us out of there, uh, and I think we've got 8,000, 8,500 left. There's about 14,000 NATO troops. It's not enough for us to do anything. So taking them out, Donald Trump fulfills another promise. And he takes the, brings the soldiers home, which is positive. So now, I'm going to go, IQ and I talked about this last week. And I, I thought it was to be a good idea to bring it up. But I'm going to bring it up in a different context, the way that IQ and I talked about it. And we were talking about the impact of the coronavirus on the Middle East. And IQ's point last week was that the public health services in the Middle East are abominable. Now, IQ, I heard this yesterday, that they're going to stop the, we would call, retreat to Mecca, the pilgrimage to Mecca. And but what surprised me is what they were saying before that. <clears throat> they showed photographs of thousands, thousands of Muslims kissing and licking the stone in Mecca. What an incredible way to spread the coronavirus. Do you think that the, the, that the government lost sight of the fact that what their people were doing of, of dramatically spreading the germ, the virus, by kissing the stones in Mecca? Yes, in Saudi Arabia, they realize this because they're more rational than in Iran. Please remember something. In Iran, they are Shia. It's the Shia sect of Islam. Mm -hmm. It's a theocracy. Mm -hmm. Complete control of, uh, of, of the Iranian people, 80 million people, 40, maybe 40, 50 percent of them about, are about 40 years old. They've never seen anything, known anything except the Ayatollahs. Mm -hmm. They are allowing them to go to the shrines. And in the shrines, they kiss whatever they have there, which they think is holy. Iran today, I think they had 250 people dead. Did you know that? 
I heard over it. 250 people dead. That's higher, second only to China. Right. Because they they are allowing it to spread for theological reasons and political reasons, but not for health reasons. Wait, 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 wait. Go back and, and defend your position, theological reasons. Why? Because they believe that Allah will protect them. They truly believe that. The Imams, the Ayatollah Imams, or they are telling them, if you put on your clothing verses from the Quran, the verses will protect you. You can laugh. It's not a joke, it's a fact. No, but, so but my, point, my point is, at some point in time, if, if they start dying in greater and greater numbers, does the, do, the, do the leaders lose face with the people when they... When of course, they are, they are losing face. As I said, it's the second highest death rate after China. Mm -hmm. And they are not... Uh, Pompey, Pompey uh, he offered his hand to help, but they said, no, we, we don't want it from you. Who? WHO, the World Health Organization, another criminal organization, are going now to find out how to take care of them. Believe me, within a week or two, if they continue the way they are, they'll have more death than in China. And their people will rise up. They're scared. They don't have the resources. They don't even have the money to buy the items that they need to save themselves, or they even to hoard the food. It's a catastrophe for Iran. So... So what we were talking about, Jim, last week was the fact that the that we have, <clears throat> I wrote a piece that was published earlier in the week, and it talks about the coronavirus in the United States and that we have, in a normal flu season, we have between 20, uh, 29 million and 41 million people in the United States that are affected by infected by the flu virus. We have somewhere in the neighborhood of 500,000 people who are hospitalized and somewhere between 21 and 41,000 people that die from the flu every year. The World Health Organization recently reported that in a in a typical flu season, 650 million people in the world will get the flu and 250,000 to 500,000 will die. But we have, you know, practically no nothing here. We have, and in the, in the commentary, and I may have said it to IQ, but I'm not sure. But in the commentary, I asked the question, if you're going to get that, the, the virus, do you want to be treated in China? Or do you want to be treated in the United States? Yeah, you asked the question, by the way. Yes. Right. And, th and that, was, that was in the piece. So my point is that what IQ was say saying to me was frightening for me last week. Not so much for us here in the United States, but in a general sense. And if I got you wrong, IQ, you tell me. I got a sense that you were telling me last week that the, there's a huge shortage of public health resources all over the Middle East. Absolutely true. That's a fact. So that the Middle East could be devastated by this virus much more so than the rest of the world. A hundred percent. Take take Indonesia, take Malaysia, uh, take Bangladesh, take Pakistan. What resources do they have? 
very small, very little, and they are also, they have no knowledge of what we are talking about. They have no knowledge on how to deal with it, and they don't have the backbone to deal with it, literally, not the intellectual, intellectual backbone or the, uh, any kind of backbone. They, they don't have the resources, uh, physical, intellectual, social, to deal with it. No, it will be devastating, and it will be starting with Iran. Watch Iran. If Iran Jim, can't cope, none of them will cope. Jim, a message for your listeners. If yes. they will go, if they will go to the BBC.com, the BBC website, and they go to the Middle East, and to just to further to emphasize what IQ is saying, if you go and you look at the photographs of Syria, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, and look at the physical destruction and the degree of difficulty it is to even get around in those countries, you can imagine there is there is very little public health available there, health services. So they're going to be ripe for a huge infection. And uh, I, I think there are religious implications to this in that the leaders who are telling them, don't worry about it, Allah will protect you, uh, when perhaps tens of thousands could die. But it, there could be serious carnage in the Middle East. All the more reason for us to take our men and women out of harm's way. And all the real reason to close your borders 100%. Isn't that amazing, Jim, what he just said? <laughs> yes. We're, talk we're talking about closing America's borders to people coming in from these countries that are affected. And do we hear any complaints by the Democrats? No. By the way, if you notice something, every European country today is closing borders, especially Greece. Every country, they're closing their borders, not only from foreigners, but from each other. So what we always said, that no sovereign, sovereign nation can exist without borders, it's happening now. Amazing. Amazing. Yes, thanks to Corona. Can you believe that? Yes. yes. <laughs> thanks to Corona. Can you believe that? Yes, you are, uh, you are correct and, and, on and that. And that's not a bottle of beer. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> now, um, IQ, uh, what, what, what do you make of the, tonight's uh, festivities with Super Tuesday? Bernie versus Biden. But I cannot understand, honestly, how could the black people vote for Biden? Don, uh, Dan, maybe you have an answer? Oh, sure. In fact, I did a story on it. Uh, Go for it. That that first of all, I was the one that said that Buttigieg would never get above eight percent because the black people in the South would are conservative. They would not vote for a gay man for president. So he had no Ooh. chance, and no chance. And if you look at it, think about it this way, IQ: how the Democratic Party manipulated the American people. They run the Iowa caucuses, the New Hampshire primary with about 12 people voting, and all of a sudden Bernie Sanders is the, is the winner and he's gonna go. He goes to Nevada, he wins, but the unions refuse to support him. And he goes to South Carolina, 
the unions don't support him and the blacks reject him how bad if you look at the that the over 60 conservative voting members of the black community 71 percent voted for joe biden and eight percent voted for bernie sanders and what happened was what happened was that we found ourselves in a position where the democratic party said whoops wait a minute bernie can't win the union vote because his medicare for all the unions are already saying no way we're not going to we're not only we're not going to vote for him we're not going to support him and in the first real black state he got destroyed by the black voters so was bernie sanders ever really a viable candidate i don't think so and so we have a situation where we've got it's still setting up jim we still have bernie uncle joe pocahontas and doomberg and doomberg says he's in for it to the convention i don't think so i think right now if he has a bad super tuesday oh joe, yeah I, yeah i i i think since the democrat the the uh the corporate democrats have uh, coalesced behind biden i think if bloomberg doesn't uh i like doomberg that's better but uh <laughs> i i think if he doesn't win or get many votes i think he'll he'll be gone but let me tell you where he's going independent you know, I had thought I had thought if they if they figured out a way to steal it away from Bernie and give it to Biden or steal it away and give it to somebody else, I kind of thought it would be Bloomberg as an yep. independent and right. Trump and then they're rumored today that Nikki Haley may may uh they may throw Cotton old uh, old Pence, they may throw him overboard and replace him with Nikki Haley is what I've yeah. seen today. That's not, why why would he do that? He's not going to do that. That's a, that's the Democrats issuing bullcrap. Correct. Uh, it, basically, that's what it is. Now, I agree. But 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 I'm coming back, Jim. Here it comes. Got four candidates. None of them very strong. None of them will go into the convention, I believe, with enough votes to win the nomination on the first ballot. Second balance the the super delegates come in and vote. That'll screw it up on the third ballot. Nobody gets it. On the fourth ballot, somebody's going to stand up to be recognized by the chair and nominate Hillary Clinton. We discussed that before. Yeah. Yes. It, looks, it looks like this is what's going to happen. So I just want to make sure, Jim, you give me credit for that if that happens. <laughs> hey, you will never let us forget it. That's, that's for damn sure. I mean, I said that over a year ago. People thought I was yeah, crazy. Yeah. Now everybody wants to know if I'm a magician or something. I figured it out. <laughs> well, and, you and, know, Hillary's been making a lot of appearances lately. Sure. She's, she's, let them, she's just let them slug it out with each other. She doesn't have to get involved in any of that. She's going to come in after the third third ballot and she's going to ride in on her white horse and she's going to she's going to basically say i beat him before i can beat him again let me lead the party and Fantastic. and i think that'll happen and it'll still be 48 to 2 maybe 49 to 2 
It's just interesting statistic, Jim. I saw last night. Five million people have left the state of California in the last 10 years. And it's possible, even with the influx of illegal immigrants in California, California may actually lose seats in the Congress as a result of the census. By the way, before I forget, shouldn't he go to California, Trump, and beat the shit out of them there? Well, I I wouldn't say that on American radio. (laughs) No, it's fantastic. Keep going. Thank you. (laughs) But I, I, yeah, I've I've said all along. In in the first trip that he met there, went there, he 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 took out fifteen million dollars and had standing room only. Yes, he should do it more honestly. He has a very good chance of winning. More people if he goes there more times. I think I think once we get into the campaign season. I would expect to see him in California, and I, I think there's a possibility that with all the crap that's going on in California, with the, the, the contamination on the streets in San Francisco and San Diego and, and, and Los Angeles, the homeless population, the whole nine yards, the quality of life has declined dramatically in the state of California, and I think they're vulnerable to Donald Trump. And I think he will go there, and I think he will energize people. And he will convince people, especially if the candidate for the Democratic Party is this is not Hillary, but the old socialist. I think that he's he'll go there and I would expect him to do three or four, maybe five trips to California during the campaign. And I think he can win it. I think he could win 49 to one. Um, but uh, I just I don't see a way in which the Democrats can control the House because they they really, Jim, they really do not understand what's going on in flyover country. They don't understand that black people like the idea of having a paycheck, perhaps maybe for the first time in their entire life. They like a paycheck. They like their own independence. And the polling data showing Mr. Trump between when you where you go between 22 and 35 percent of the blacks, the Democrats need 85 percent minimum of the black vote in order to elect a president. I don't think they're going to get anywhere near that in this election. And I I just think it's going to be a a wash. And I'm I am still trying to figure out, Jim, what are the Democrats going to say this time if they get their ass handed to them 48 to two, like I'm predicting. Russian interference. <laughs> well, you know that 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 could happen. Um, now, did you did you hear Donna Brazil today? No. This morning, she was on Fox and Friends this morning, and she was on with the uh, co-chair of the Democrat of the of, of Trump's re-election campaign. And you know what? This I'm giving the exact quote. They were talking. She was the the co-chair of the. Trump campaign was talking about all the things that are going on in the Democratic Party. And Donna Brazil comes back and says, you just stay the hell away from my party. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> stay away. Stay the hell away from my party. Unbelievable. Well, so uh, going to say but before we wrap things up here, uh, Dan, uh, Give us give us uh, the websites an update on the nonprofit everything else. Okay, so the 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 
uh, general website is danperkins.guru. The website for the songs and stories is songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. And the Jezebel website is thejezebelhunter.com. Now, we are, uh, I, I, I have to be careful what I say here, Jim. We are in serious discussions uh, under Songs and Stories for Soldiers about a way to potentially employ thousands of veterans. Wow. And that's going to take a while to run that course, but I'm working hard on it, and I think it's a terrific idea to put veterans to work yes. and give them, that, give them their pride back. And so as that evolves, we just added our 131st uh, chain in the St. Louis VA Hospital Network. They're now members of the Songs and Stories for Soldiers family. They got their initial shipment last week of their MP3 players, and they're being passed out as we speak. Fantastic. Fantastic. Other than that, I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> and uh, by, by the way, by the way, yes. with all with all due respect, we do more together, three of us, than when we have a guest. <laughs> well, yes, I uh, today I was uh, really excited for david horowitz and then no, he's excellent halfway through the interview he's excellent like iq he does was, not allow other people to yeah talk. he didn't allow anyone else to talk and i was like damn it <laughs> 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 but uh iq uh wrap things up for us here how do we find you online get involved with as you, usual everything? very simple just google my name al rasuli a-l-r-a-s-s-o-l-i and you know more about Islam and the American Constitution together than any professor in America will teach you. Fantastic. And God bless you. It was a lovely, lovely day. Definitely. And I appreciate both of you guys, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you. You take care. Thank you, gentlemen. There they go. IQ Al Rizzoli, Dan Perkins, and uh, one more time for the people the chief seats in the back. An incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Check out ILoveNewYork.online. Have you heard about the trillions of money of CBD or marijuana and hemp industry the world over? Hello, folks. Do you want to make money without breaking your back? Do you want to be a millionaire? We have an automatic team build program. For $47, you will get an all-inclusive package that can potentially make you a millionaire. ILoveNewYork.online. It is ILoveNewYork.online. Happy to help you make you some serious money. Please help us spread a word while making money. Thank you. I love New York. Online. Check it out today. I love New York. Online. Become a millionaire. And have porn stars come over and eat your ass.